Okay, welcome to Bench Warmers Podcast Series One, Episode One. Um, with us today, we have Matty. Hello, Matty. Good morning, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Great start. You've got the time of the wrong or time of the day wrong already. Well done, mate. Uh, we've also got Jack today. How's it going, Jack? Not bad. Hello, everyone. All our listeners. <laughs> All our listeners. Okay, uh, very first, we've got plenty to talk about today, so let's see how it goes. Uh, very first item is that we'd like to grade how teams did last season. Uh, so we're not going to do the entire Premier League, all 20 teams. Uh, what we're going to do, we're going to do the top seven, uh, which takes us all the way from Manchester City at the top down to Burnley, who are seventh. Um, let's start off with Burnley. Yeah. Um, actually, you know what, let's, let's do it this way. Let's do, uh, Matty, you give us a score. Jack, you give us a score. Um, and if I agree with you both, I just agree. And if we want to create an argument. We... So we grade, we grade them out of 10 here? Out of 10. Or shall we do um, um, school school report cards? A, B, C, D, E, S. All right. I'm cool with that. Just on performance. Yeah. The season performance. But performance and expe- expectation as well, man. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, Matty, first things first. Burnley. How do you think Burnley did to finish seventh? I would give Burnley... A B for um, their performance for the season. Um, I'd probably say though an A star for like eight. Like they've gone above the expectations. Cool. Just just, just to recap, Matty, because again that's the second balls up today so far. Uh, we're only we're only doing one score, mate. Oh well, I thought I was giving different gradings. <laughs> no, give us a, give us a total score for Burnley. Come on. All right. Just just um, I give him I give him a B. Okay. Cool. Jack, what do you think? I think this is a bit harsh. I would have, I'd probably give him an A. I wouldn't, well, this just shows how low, I guess, my expectations were. But, yeah. I think, I think the reason I downgrade him is basically down to, they went for a period in the winter where they lost several games in a row, like just didn't get a single point, yet didn't move a single position in the league table, which suggests if the league, if the league was at a better standard, they probably wouldn't have finished where they are. It's probably, they're only there, I mean, they've had a very good season, so I don't take anything away from them, but any other season, I are. don't think they would be where they are. Yeah, because quite a few teams did that in the winter. Yeah. I think, I mean, look, if you look at, the, I mean, we're, we're not going to talk about these teams in depth, but if you look below Burnley, Burnley have stayed ahead of Everton, who spent crazy in the summer. Instead of ahead of Leicester, who won the league just a couple of years ago, they stayed ahead of Newcastle, Crystal Palace, West Ham, these are all teams with bigger budgets, bigger players than Burnley, and they set ahead of all of them, and they only finished nine points behind Arsenal. I think anything other than A um, is a bit crazy, if I'm honest with you. But don't, don't that back up my point? Don't that back up my point about the standard of the league? It's like maybe, but again, Manchester United have 100 points, and that will go down as a record. No one will think um, they had no competition that season. It doesn't matter. That's a balls up for you already, then, because um, you just said Man, Man, Man United. Did I see Man United? Yeah. That was blasphemy. That'll never happen again. Okay, sixth spot. We've got Arsenal Football Club, uh, who finished on 63 points in sixth place. They finished 12 points outside of the Champions League spot. Matty, do you want to start off with a nice solid score for them? I would probably give them a C. <laughs> yeah, you okay today, Matty? A C. When you look at their squad, where would you have expected them to finish? Compared compared to the compared to everyone else. Okay, if you ask me a question, that if you look at their squad, they have players to at least compete for a top four spot. 
They're closer to Bur- they're closer to Burnley than they are to Liverpool. I, yeah, but my my point stands that I think they they're in that position because that's how good their squad is, and every squad above them, I would say, is quite considerably stronger. Would you not agree? I don't think Chelsea is much stronger than Arsenal, if I'm honest with you. I mean, they have a manager who's been on the decline for years. Um, you know, they've got they've got Ozil. They, they they bought a striker in the summer. They bought another striker in the winter. Another forty fifty million pound striker. They they bought a lot of money into the squad this season. What about what about you, Jack? Um, probably give him a D. A I D. do get the point of. Um, I mean, yeah, they probably out of those top six, they've had. They probably have the weakest squad. Okay, let's go for a D then. I'll settle for a D. I was going to give them a, a solid F. Um, not, not because, but not because they finished six. Again, if they if they finished a couple of points outside the Champions League spot and they competed all season, but we knew two months out they were getting the top four. Um, yeah. It'd have been interesting. It'd have been interesting to see where they finished if Abamyang didn't join them. That would have been interesting. That would have been interesting. I'm sure behind Burnley somehow. Okay, uh, let's move on to fifth spot and let's move on to Chelsea, who finished on 70 points. Uh, they at least did compete with Liverpool and Spurs for that last Champions League spot, uh, but they ended up finishing five points outside it. Uh, Matty, let's start with you. Do you want to give us a score for Chelsea? i say a solid F. Solid F. Solid F. All over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, what do you think? Um... I'd probably say a D again. I mean, let's talk this one through. What do we think Chelsea's expectations were this season? Yeah, top, to, I'd say top four and to probably compete at the top. Bear in mind, they were champions the season before. But, yeah. They, they finished 30 points behind Manchester United. West Brom, West Brom all season only got 31 points. The signs were there on the first day of the season. I just remember watching that Burnley game and it just absolutely collapsed. Like... At, at home as well, the first game of the season for the new champions to collapse like that. You just, to be honest, I'm surprised he lasted the entire season. I think that's the biggest shock, to be honest. Let's go with an F. I'm, I'm glad I'm happy with an F. Okay, fourth spot, uh, Liverpool Football Club. Uh, they they claimed the Champions League spot, um, and they also, as we already know, and we'll talk about later on, they got to the Champions League final. Uh, Matty, what's your score for Liverpool? I'm going to let Jack go first on this one. Yeah, I'd probably say... Oh. A C for them. I still think their squad, maybe on paper, wasn't as good as the um, three above. But as a whole team together, I think they definitely had enough. Well, the Champions League showed they had quality there to beat top teams. Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably agree with you on a C. I would. I think. I mean, I don't know. I think we. You look at the squad. Fourth is about right. And you look at the Champions League, they got to the final. I think that maybe sees a little bit harsh. Um, I, think that, I think they performed well above expectations. I don't think... I think they would have taken fourth and that's it as a, as a progress for them. But sure, two against one, let's go see. Okay, uh, third place, Tottenham Hotspur. Um, Matty, A-star? Uh, no, I would probably say... Well... A C. I would. I would say. I would. I would say you've. You've. I mean, I'm not trying to. You know, wind you guys up here, but I'd say you've definitely gone backwards, uh, rather than forwards. So that's why I say. 
Definitely backwards. We should establish who supports who on the podcast, by the way. <laughs> Already. <laughs> Already. Outrage. What do you mean we're going backwards? Well, I mean, if you take, for example, last season, you scored 86 goals. You had the most clean, you had the best clean sheet record in the league. And this season, you scored 74 goals. Your defence has been a little bit worse, but, you know, still 16 clean sheets. Basically, your stats have gone backwards. So, it surely, I mean, you didn't spend it. You didn't. You didn't really spend that much in the summer. You didn't strength. Why was it you? I mean, you was in a position to push on, but I wouldn't say you you spent enough to push on. If you know what I mean. I think if you look at maybe statistically, we're not as solid in the Premier League as we were last season. But if you look at the Champions League, we didn't get out of the group stages. And this season, we spanked Real Madrid, we spanked Dortmund, yeah. and we played actually very well against Juventus and went out. You look at the Cups, we got to a semi-final this season at least. We didn't do that last season. So I think overall, it's actually quite similar to last season in terms of pros and cons. Um, but I take your point. Yeah, to, well, to, to be honest, to counteract, counteract my argument, you've done better in Europe, obviously. That's And then obviously in the league, you did have a, a bit of a weird start, obviously, but that's probably Wembley. But I mean, as soon as you got over that, I mean, you haven't really lost at home since. Uh, so, so, so what did you give us a C? Yeah, I gave you a C. Cool. Jack, you agree with that? Uh, no, I probably would have said B. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess if you're taking all the competitions, uh, then yeah, they like you said, Real Madrid, Juventus, we're beating top teams. It's just we need to start doing that in the league. I, I wanted to see progression. I guess like, like mm. I don't want to be hovering around fourth for that for that long, that many seasons. You got to keep hold of the players as well. Yeah, manager's key again. I think we'll we'll talk about it a bit later on. Okay, let's go, let's go for a C plus. We'll, we'll meet in the middle. Uh, Manchester United, um, Jack, uh, they finished second, eighty one points, nineteen points behind their rivals. Um, they were knocked out at the second stage of the Champions League um, against Seville. Um, Jack, what score do you want to give them? Um, I'll probably say a C. Uh, yeah, for all competitions. Uh, probably edging a B if you're just going to focus on the league because uh, yeah I mean they were the closest to City but can't really compete um, they have the quality there I, actually I'd probably say they, in some ways they have a weaker team than Tottenham I think mm-hmm. um, they've just got top players dotted throughout but they don't actually have that many world class players uh, Matty do you agree with that? C? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, you know what? I actually think. I mean, I know Man United spent a bit of money this summer, but what, I mean, last season you finished fifth. No, yeah, it was fifth or sixth last season. Yeah, fifth. Yeah, fifth last season. From fifth second, that's a solid progression. I think. I mean, well, yeah, we've we've improved all all the stats. We've improved on goals, defense. Everything has improved. But I, w- I would say it's not improved enough, in my opinion. But I don't know if that's because City have become so much better than the rest. Like, I mean, any other, any other season, we'd be up there to the final day challenging for the Jack. But I don't know if it's City putting us, making us look worse than what we are. I'm not sure. But Yeah, I mean, I, I think this season Manchester City made everyone look worse than they possibly are by getting 100 points and losing, losing twice all season. I think that Manchester United getting 81 points this season 
jumping up four places compared to last season, I think it's actually a really good achievement. And I'm ignoring the style of football and the complaints and what have you. We know, uh, we know the issues around Man United. Um, but 81 points, it's really solid season. I think that most seasons, like you said, they'd actually be competing right up until the last day of the season with that points total. Um, so I think you both said C. I think we'll, we'll, we'll end up on C+. Plus and give them a little nudge up. Um, okay, final team to discuss really quickly is Manchester City. Um, they've played 38 games. They won 32 of them, only lost twice. They scored 106 goals. They gained 100 points for the first time in Premier League history. Uh, Matty, as an impartial Manchester United fan, what would you like to give your rivals? I'm going to have to give... I can't really argue, but I have to give them an A-star, don't I? Are we? By the way, are we? Well, we're taking Champions League into account, aren't we? Um. Yeah. Okay, if you want, yes. Yeah. So even with that, still an A star. Probably an A then. <laughs> I can't. Who, who did they lose to in the Champions League? Remind me, because I've forgotten completely. Well, they played Liverpool and Liverpool knocked them out. Um. Okay, Jack. What do you think? I'd say A A minus. <laughs> But you're they're expected to I mean maybe not do that well. But as expectations go, you're probably expecting them to win the league. They've got to be solid yeah. at least favourites probably. They they were going into the season. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean I, I think don't know I, what that means in terms of a score I guess A. But the Champions League is a they probably should be Get into the final, at least the Champions League, as expectations. Yeah, I think I think A is fair enough. I mean, they like I said, they broke the Premier League record in terms of goals they've scored and in terms of points they've gained. Um, I've got a couple, I've got a few little stats here, which um, which might surprise you, which is quite interesting. I find so obviously they've got the biggest league margin, like they've won the league by nineteen points. Yeah. They also have the record for the smallest margin in winning the league, zero points, eight plus got eight goal difference in twenty eleven and twelve. They all right, and they also have the record for the most wins in a season, um, and they also have the record for the most draws in a season. Was most wins in the season this season? Yes, yes. Do you want to guess the, the when they got the most draws in a season? Um. Seeing as it's not really a parameter on whether they did well or badly, it could literally be any season ever. <laughs> yeah, you'll never get it. was 93 94. 93 Trying to think of some players that played back then. Any names, Matty? Paul Dickoff. No idea. He's the only one I can think of. Sean Gota. No idea. Sean Gota. Feed the goat and he will score, apparently. Uh, They're only chasing one more record, and it's the most losses in a season so I'm looking forward to getting that one next season actually I was just looking at the the lost table here um, Stoke and West Brom who finished the last two positions lost 19 times and Swansea who finished third from bottom actually lost 21 times that can't be that far off a record 21 defeats um, although there was that famous Derby team that finished on like 20 points they probably they probably lost more times Okay, team grading over. Um, promoted teams um, are Cardiff, are Wolves, and after a playoff final, are Fulham. Uh, Matty, which of those three teams has the best chance of survival in the Premier League? Uh, 
Um, Wolves without a shadow of a doubt. Um, but saying that now, they'll probably get relegated. So if there's any Wolves fans listening, don't blame me. Um, but I mean, you you know the sto- do you know the story of Wolves and basically how they've even got promoted in the first place? No, can you tell all? Well, they pretty much run behind the scenes. But it's not by George Mendes. He um, got close ties with the owner, so basically a lot of the players they got in last summer were his players. So, for example, um, Neves from Porto. So he was the um, youngest captain to play for Porto. They've also got a guy called Bolly or Bowley from Porto as well, a defender, the manager. They've got a Portuguese manager, Nuno Santos, Santo. Um, so pretty much they I would say they're probably 8 out of 10 chances of surviving next season yeah. and I reckon they'll probably they play a good style of football um, Are these players staying with Wolves or are they on loan or no, did, no, did they the, sign the, the, Neves was a permanent signing it was a record for the championship um, Bolly the Bolly whatever his name is he's just he signed this week he's a centre back so these are all permanent signings they're not loans Um and they've got a lot of money to spend, so they'll probably spend more this summer. So I can, I can see them um, doing quite well. Good stuff. Interesting stuff. Let's see, let's see how it goes. Um, okay, next little segment is around... We'll, we'll do this one quickly. Uh, player of the Year. Um, obviously, Mo Salah uh, won Player of the Year unanimously. Um, do we all agree with that? Or were there any other contenders that you think probably could have nicked it ahead of him? Jack, what do you think? Uh, no, I agree completely with him getting that um yeah if you look at like 10 assists so he was joint fifth for assists and then yeah just pippin came to the top of top goal scorer 32 so yeah and yeah in all competitions uh he was definitely the standout player yeah um, i feel yeah he's one of those players that actually does show up against bigger teams um yeah. he's unfortunate in the final obviously but yeah do you that stat there around joint fifth? That stat around joint fifth for assists is a brilliant stat as well. I don't think that many people who probably scored thirty odd goals in a season um, probably have that many assists. That's that's, that's a brilliant one. Uh, Matty, do you agree with Salah getting paid a year? Yeah, I think yeah, you can't argue with that with the goals he scored. But I think De Bruyne is mightily unlucky. The last three months he's faded away completely. No, I, yeah, I agree. But I think that's also down to the fact they've had the title wrapped up. So yeah, but yeah, the goal, you can't argue with. Cool. It's weird though because I don't I don't seem to I mean maybe it's because I'm not a Liverpool fan but the, the beginning of the season the first half I don't seem to remember him even like it seems to be the second half of the season where he's just just scoring literally every game I don't remember him doing much in the first half but maybe that's because I'm not a Liverpool fan so I don't know but yeah you can't argue with Salah yeah it's, it's one of the things you might have been overshadowed Sorry, where you wouldn't have heard from him because Liverpool have got like three or four players that are... Yeah, I think Coutinho probably took a lot of the limelight, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. I also think that if you think back to like that season when um, Leicester won the league and Jamie Vardy scored those 12, 13 goals in a row, uh, the first couple of goals, no one really said too much. But as the closer we got to that record, momentum picked up and people kept talking and kept talking and kept talking. And I think similar to Salah, he probably did score a few goals at the start of the season. And the minute he went over 10 goals and over 15 and over 20, uh, the hype really picked it up and then people um, really wouldn't shut up about him. Cool. So we all agreed. Pair the year, Mo Salah. Which leads us on perfectly to uh, the Champions League final. 
the final game of the season. Um, Liverpool versus Real Madrid. Um, we could talk about the Gareth Bale goal. We could talk about Karius's both big mistakes. Um, but fundamentally, Jack, do you think that Real Madrid deserve to win the Champions League final? Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I think in that... Well, beginning of the competition, obviously Spurs freshen them. You wouldn't have said, oh, they're, they're the team that are going to win this competition. But they're up, everyone knows Real Madrid kind of live for the Champions League. They put all their focus, essentially, especially as they, they'd thrown away the league quite early on. Um, they were just going to focus in on the Champions League. Yeah. And they've got all the players. Uh, I guess... Zidane's a good manager. I mean, with that with that sort of squad, is there a lot that he had to do? But yeah, I think they did deserve it. I would have. I don't know if I would have. I guess I would have liked to have seen Liverpool win, just because they had they were the underdogs. I guess. Yeah. Plus, Real Madrid have won the last two as well. Yeah. Um, Jack, do you think that? Um, I mean. Did Liverpool essentially throw the Champions League final away? I mean, I think I agree with Jack. Real Madrid, obviously, overall deserved to win the final. Um, but was it more Real Madrid winning the final or was it more Liverpool losing the final? What would you say? I would, yeah, I think I would say it was Liverpool losing because even after Salah um, was injured and taken off and then they went on and scored, um, you would have thought, oh, that's it then. But no, they actually did come back. They put, They got a goal. So they yeah. were. They were. It wasn't like they were walked over. They were definitely fighting for yeah. it. I mean, I probably this, the the uh, score doesn't really match the actual play. The play they were they were having. I mean, they had a lot of possession. Um, yeah, it was probably yeah, just one of those. I think we have to look at the goalkeeper essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's a bit sad. I mean, goalkeepers can make mistakes, and it can cost you a goal. I don't think I've ever seen a two mistakes from a goalkeeper is actually really rare, which lead directly to goals. And secondly, if that's happened in a final, um, it's an absolute killer for Carrius. I don't know if he'll ever come back from this one. Uh, Matty, do you think that this has been the luckiest Champions League winning team of all time? If you think back to in the group stages, they didn't finish top in that group. Um, they then... They were extremely fortunate, I think, against Bayern Munich. Um, I think they were extremely fortunate against Juventus. And as we've already discussed with Jack, um, they obviously had an, a big element of luck against Liverpool. Do all Champions League winners have this amount of luck? Or Real Madrid exceedingly lucky this year? Um, I would say you've probably got your Barcelona hat on there. But uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I think they got a bit of luck, yeah. Um, they got luck in the Bayern Munich. The Bayern Munich game with the goalkeeper messing up, um, obviously the Liverpool game as well. But I mean, you don't beat the likes of Juventus, Bayern Munich, Liverpool then in the final. I think you can't forget about Ronaldo's goal against Juventus. That's not like exactly, that. yeah, yeah. I mean, even though you, like Bayern gave away that goal for Benzema, but I mean, knowing Real Madrid, they probably would have found a way to win anyway because that's what they've been doing for the past three years. So I don't think you, I don't think you can say they were lucky. I mean, Ronaldo was the top scorer in the competition again. He's um, top everything if you look at the stats. Yeah, so I, d- I don't think you can call them lucky. They got a bit of luck. I mean, a massive amount of luck, luck in the final. But I also like, yeah, I agree when you said did Liverpool chuck it away. 
I would say they, I think they froze because I remember when, obviously when Salah went off, big moment in the game. And before then, they were all they were all over Real Madrid. But then, as soon as he went off, they brought Lallana on, and you just could you saw the, the, the switch in the shape. They had five in midfield, one up top, and all of a sudden they were just sat back and just let Madrid come onto them. So, um, no, I won't say they've been lucky. Okay, all right. So we're all in agreement. The luckiest team ever. Uh, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> okay. Uh, obviously, actually, five days after the Champions League final, uh, we obviously all got pretty shocking news, I don't think anyone's called it, that obviously Zinedine Zidane, after winning um, his third and actually winning every single Champions League tournament he's ever entered as a manager, um, he actually quit as Real Madrid, as Real Madrid manager. Uh, there's a lot of rumours around why he quit. He claimed um, that the team needed to change, that he was a bit tired. Um, then the rumours started resurfacing that essentially he'd been able to manage this group of players, um, this petty group of players at some point. Uh, like Cristiano Ronaldo um, and Gareth Bale, who after the final both came out and questioned their futures instead of celebrating as a team. And after three years, perhaps he thought it was someone else's um, turn to look after this, these players. Um, the number one name that's been linked more than anything is Pochettino at Tottenham. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, Jack, how, how likely do you think Pochettino will be um, to be Real Madrid's new manager next season? I'd probably say 3 or 4. I think I, think I read somewhere where his statement was that if Real Madrid does give you a call, you have to listen. Um, yeah. But I still yeah. think he has unfinished business with Tottenham. He definitely wants to at least win something, a competition with them. Um, Could be around for a while then, couldn't he? <laughs> no, I think, yeah, he'll definitely, and he wants to see the new stadium, everything. Like, it's, a, it's quite a bright future for Tottenham, I think. So he'll, he'll want to be there for the beginning of that stage. Um, but I've, I can see him being in there a couple of years, like two, three years, he'll probably be over there. Matthew, do you think there's any chance that um, just a few days after signing a new contract with Tottenham that Pochettino can leave? Nah, I, I'm, I'm, I've said it for a while, I don't think he's going to go this year. I mean, you, you can't walk out. I mean, I know there's no loyalty, loyalty in football nowadays, but to walk out a couple of months before you move into a brand new stadium, you've got a pretty good squad, very young players who... They should be winning things. Um, I think I think he'll do another year, at least. Depend. I think I think it all depends how the season goes. I mean, if, if I mean if if he wins things and they did really well, like I think he could stay longer. But I, the chances are, you're not going to win the Champions League. You're probably not going to win the league. So you're probably going to win. If anything, you probably win a cup. And I think. He would probably go to Madrid then if they came calling for him. But then you, the problem is with that is they're going to get someone in in the summer. They're going to get a top class manager. So then why would they swap the manager again? So it's it's a tough one for him because if he doesn't say yes now, he might not ever get the chance again. Yeah, I wonder if there's a part of him that actually thinks if I'd only held on, held off, and not signed that contract, um, he'd probably be in a much better bargaining position either to get tons more money off Tottenham or to actually force his move out. One of the key things Pochettino said at the end of last season was that he wanted Daniel Levy to be brave um, moving into this next season now. And the fact that he signed his contract, I think a lot of Spurs fans took that as Levy has promised him uh, some new signings. And the rumours are that he's got £150 million to spend. Um, can we, go, can we um, just go back to Zidane a sec? Yeah, sure. You're hosting. Go ahead. Go for it. <laughs> 
do you um do you think he made the right call to leave? I think that on a Sp- if, like Spanish point of view, like what do they think of him out there? Like, do you think? Yeah. Well, I mean, he he'll go down as a top manager. That happens. I think if you just cast your your memory back to Barcelona, sorry to bring them up, but you you look at Guardiola's reign at Barcelona. Um, he won something like fifteen or sixteen trophies out of all eighteen that he ever entered as a Barcelona manager, and it got and then he had one slightly dodgy season and he left. And I think that his main reason for leaving is one probably similar to Zidane's is that it actually takes a huge toll on you managing yeah. these, managing these big clubs. Um, and it's probably the same in Italy and, and England as well. But I think that the fact that Barcelona and Real Madrid are one of the few teams in the world that have to win something every season. And the yeah. one season they don't, they know that the odds of them getting sacked are huge. Um, what better time to leave? Oh, yeah. What's he going to do? Next season, he'll, he may win the Spanish League and he may not win the Champions League. And then he may well get sacked for not winning the Champions League. He's leaving on his terms. He's done three yeah. years. He's actually done far better than I thought he would, considering his record at Real Madrid B wasn't very good. Um, and I, th- I think the biggest thing that he's done, and I don't think he's a tactical genius, um, but I think the biggest thing he's done is that he's been able to, to manage very talented players with huge attitude problems. Yeah. Real, Real Madrid have been a team of individuals for a long time now. Um, and for three years... You've very rarely heard players speak out against him, speak out against the club, or speak out against the other teammates. And that's, I think, a great credit. That's a, that's a skill in itself. Um, and as much as you don't need that skill in certain clubs or certain teams, you do at teams like Real Madrid and Barcelona. And for that, I applaud him. I think he's, he's done an absolutely fabulous job. So, so would you not put him on the same level as like Pep? Because basically, the way I see it is, Pep's won two Champions Leagues. He, he had a really good team, but let's be honest, he didn't. He didn't build that team. He influenced them. Whereas Zidane, obviously, same thing. He didn't build that team. He's he's got them to play together as a good team. But for some reason, the way I see it, on an outside point of view, he doesn't seem to be put on the same level as Pep. Whereas he's won three Champions Leagues in a row. He's won the league. Like I, in my opinion, he could walk into any job in the world. Saying that, what do you think of this? Being linked to Coach Qatar, hundred and seventy-six million apparently. Do you think they had a big thing of him leaving? <laughs> Maybe. I think it's a bit sad. I mean, he's actually a really young manager. He's only got three years' experience at managing at a top level, and if he takes that job, I'm not saying that's the end of him. But it's, it's literally for money because they're not going to win anything. And you can't really, you can't. It's not like a. A club, you can't build the team. So you're given basically what the national team is. Yeah. I mean, I'd, 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 I'd love, I'd love to hear his reasons for taking that job if he does take it. I mean, how he's got. I mean, besides the fact that we all know he's taking it for money, um, how how he'd actually spin the fact that he thinks that it's an exciting project. I'll be amazed to hear what he says um, around that. But Matty, going back to your point around the the Guardiola and. Zidane thing as to maybe why Zidane people aren't talking about Zidane's legacy as maybe changing football as much as Pep did. Yeah. I think that style of football is actually a really big thing. And I think that when Guardiola improved Barcelona and people wouldn't stop talking about tiki taka and total domination of the football and possession, um, that's a style that has actually influenced world football. Um, now maybe things have slightly yeah. changed many years later. And as a manager, he's also changed. 
Um, but that's a style that people picked up and really influenced the world game, the same way Total Football did with Holland um, and some of the great Brazil teams did back in the past. I think that, again, I think that what Zidane did wasn't tactical genius moves or a style of football that revolutionized football, but he managed players very, very well. Um, and I think that in a similar sort of vein to Mourinho, he created this mentality of the team that they were going to win no matter yeah. what. And they and they won a lot. But but no one will look back at this team and think, oh, that let's copy elements of Real Madrid to make our team better. That won't happen. They had individuals who performed well for him over three years and they won things. Whereas Guardiola, they he not only had the players, but he created a style of football that you could look back, you could study, and you could really learn from and take into your own teams. Um, that's why I probably think the style that Guardiola came up with is probably, in terms of longevity, it will last a lot longer than what Zidane did at Real Madrid. But, yeah. but hats off to hats off to Zidane. He did very well for, for a very young manager. He did incredibly well. Can I? Sorry, I've got some, I've got some um, little stats from the Champions League as well. More stats. Go for it. So um, obviously Liverpool obviously didn't, didn't win it, but the man, which I think is quite pr- pretty decent for the Champions League. Salah, Mane and Firmino all were joint second top goal scorer at 10, which is pretty decent. But also a little, a little quiz one for you here. Who would you think got, without cheating on the internet, who would you think got the most assists this season in the Champions League? Uh, most assists in the Champions League? With nine. With nine? Um, can't think, actually. Um, I don't know. Don't know. Salah? No. It was um, James Milner. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, okay, talk, we were talking about managers earlier on. Um, I think this is one that Matty was dying for us to discuss. Uh, and that's essentially, who is the worst manager between David Moyes, who was just sacked by West Ham, or Sam Allardyce, who lasted all of six months at Everton before, before being sacked recently. Jack, if you had to pick one for having... I mean, let... Let me rephrase it slightly because worse sometimes seems a little bit harsh. If you had to have one for Tottenham, which one would you go for? <laughs> You'd rather go manage us. <laughs> I probably I just can't stand Moyes. I don't think he offers any, like he, I, I don't I can't see him ever managing like a I don't think he ever owns a change room. We talk about Zidane being able to set a team's mentality to they're going to win. You just can't imagine Moyes doing that. But Big Sam, he has the sort, I guess you call it charisma, uh, to like, he, he can definitely run a changing room and he can definitely, as in like, just own it. So yeah. I'd, probably take, I'd probably take him. Uh, whether or not he was better than Moyes this season, it's, I, I, I haven't really followed what they've been doing. Um, but yeah, so it's, I think it's a bit harsh to call them worst but yeah Matty Matty yeah, obviously you guys had um, David Moyes as, as your manager for a year was it a year or two years oh god 2015 a lifetime ago would you um, so I, I won't ask you the same question then because you've got personal experience so would you say that Moyes actually no let me rephrase it who was more unlucky to be sacked this season David Moyes or Sam Allardyce uh, Moyes I'd say I'd say Moyes Big Sam would just they, they were just Everton was just so poor. I mean, but then you know what you get with Big Sam. So they, they, I don't know why the Everton fans were so like 
surprised. And obviously, his job was to keep him up. He kept him up. Um, but the, I would say the difference with Moyes and Big Sam is, with Big Sam is, he gets in and he keeps the team up. I don't know what Moyes actually does. What's his, um, you know, he doesn't play nice football. He doesn't win things. And, I mean, if you ask Sunderland fans, he doesn't keep them. I don't think he keeps teams up as well. So he doesn't really have any role. And also, I don't know, um, Alan Pardew as well. He probably falls under the same bracket. You know, actually, I actually don't think that... I don't think Alan Pardew or David Moyes, I think they'll really struggle to get Premier League jobs again, if I'm honest. I mean, Pardew's last few jobs have been horrendous. But you look at David Moyes, sacked from Real Sociedad, sacked from Sunderland, and now sacked at West Ham. Um, you know, when you're, when you're showing your CV to prospective new employees, to employers... Um, they're going to look at that and I think they're really going to struggle to get any quality out of Moyes. I think at least Big Sam, like you said, Matty, he had one objective, uh, which was to keep him up and he did that. And in, and essentially, he, he can go to a next club that's in trouble and he can say, you want me to keep them up? 10 million, I'll do it. Yeah, there's a, there's a group of them in there where all these English managers, where all Scottish, come in and just do something for about six months, boring football, and they just get sacked, and they just rotate around the Premier League. It's, it'd be it'd be nice. It, it would be nice to see if this season coming up that that doesn't happen this time, and younger managers are given a chance. Yeah, would be nice. I agree. Cool. Um, let's move on to the transfer market really quickly. Uh, so Liverpool obviously moved very quickly, and they've signed uh, Fabinho, and obviously Cater um, was already lined up to come, which will make them far stronger. Has anyone heard any of the rumours that they'd like to discuss today? Matty, anything? Um, I know that we're chasing, Man United, we're chasing um, Fred from Shakhtar, um, which is quite an interesting one because um, City were close to signing him in January. But in the end, they decided to go for um, Laporte from Bilbao because they prioritised the defender. So yeah. and it looks like City don't want him now. So it, it looks like we're getting him for about £52 million. And then the other one... Keep hearing and is um the guy from West the guy from West Ham what's his name? Anatovic. Yes, yeah. Keep for, for about fifty million plus. If that happens, I'm just going to throw in the towel and just call it a day. To be honest. <laughs> crazy, crazy numbers. Uh, Jack, do you think that Danny Rose to Everton is going to happen? Sure, I don't think so. It's like a massive step down. Why would he do it? We were we were ruined him so many times last season. I don't know why United wouldn't go for him. You need everyone's moaning when Liverpool uh, got their left or right back, whatever he is, um, moaning that United needed those as well. You've still got Young yeah. and Valencia, um, both pretty old now. Let's be honest. Uh, I mean, they've done well, but you need someone that's. That in that position, that that is their position. Has Rose been playing this season? In the end, he did. Yeah, I mean, he was injured for a while, um, and then you know he he played the odd game, and then like Jack said, towards the end of the season, he, he did have a little one off game, and he looked fine. He, he looked like a player who hadn't played for a year, so you know he's getting his fitness back. Um, I think it's a bit of a strange when he ends up at Everton, to be honest with you. Um, and I've still got a feeling that Man United or Chelsea may well step in and pick him up. I'd rather as, um, persist with Luke Shaw, but however Josie is around, I don't think that's going to happen. Okay, let's that Bale's going to go to United then. Ah, yes, this is a good point. Let's talk Bale. Yeah. I wonder, because now, cause now that Zidane's gone, I'm guessing Bale will just kind of 
wait a little bit and see who they appoint as manager. But he didn't fall uh, out with Zidane, did he? I mean, he didn't. But the main is is one thing is that he wanted to play, and Zidane yeah. Zidane didn't have him in the starting team. I think it all depends on Ronaldo, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, they're both they're so similar, and you can't really. I mean, I think if Ronaldo stays, Bale goes, but where he goes. I've no idea because he's going to cost an absolute fortune because Real Madrid aren't going to sell him on cheap. He's on massive wages. You also can't forget how injury prone he is. Yeah, and that's that's the one thing what puts me off him because he barely played. So you're going to be paying like what seventy million plus at least for a guy who's twenty nine who's injury prone. I think it's a massive risk whoever does take him on. But I mean, maybe Paris Saint Germain will just chuck some money at him. Yeah, I think you're right, though. I think I think they're both in actually in quite weird positions. I mean, they're both at one of the best clubs in the world, but they're both coming towards the end of their career. Obviously, Bell's got a few more years yeah. in him, um, but they both have their issues. They're both on astronomical wages, which essentially limits teams you can go to to just a handful. And not only that, but Real Madrid would demand huge amounts of money for them, which, again, limits yeah. the amount of options that you have. So I think when they're both sitting down with their agents and they look at their options of either staying at Real Madrid, earning tons of money and probably winning things, or going to a new club um, and seeing how things work out there, they literally just have three or four teams they could possibly go to. I don't. Yeah. I, I, if I was to guess, I would say, and this is an outside, uh, not many, not many people have said it. I think he could go buy Munich. Because if you look at their squad, and they've got Ribery and Robin on the wings, they could do with a winger, and I'm sure they've got a bit of money to spend. You talking about Bale? Yeah, Bale. Yeah, Bale. I don't think Ronaldo will leave. I think he'll stay there. He's just doing it on. But he does this every year, doesn't he? Matthew, let me ask you a question. Do would you take um, Cristiano Ronaldo or Gareth Bale at Manchester United? Oh Christ! <laughs> oh. Ignore the money. Ignore the wages. For the next three years, which one do you want at the, at the team? Uh, you know what? You, you've you've got my weak point there. I'm gonna have to. I, I would say Ronaldo. Obviously, Cristiano Ronaldo. Jack, which one do you want? I'm gonna go Bale. Bale. Obviously, Bale's the correct answer. Uh, um, if we're cool. talking, can I just quickly? If we're talking transfers, like, we should talk about new managers coming to the Premiership, and obviously Arsenal's new manager. How do we think he's? Going to perform? Is he going to be under pressure straight away? Definitely under pressure. Definitely under pressure with them fans. I, I, you know, I don't think he is. I think they're going to give him a bit of time. They've just finished six. He's only got fifty million to spend, which in this day and age is literally nothing. Um, uh, what are they expecting? They're expecting Champions League football straight away. I don't know. I think if he if he gives them an identity and they start playing some better football than they have been playing, I think they might give him a whole season and then probably the start of next one and see how it goes. I think he's thinking they'll be happy. You think? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm looking forward to his first defeat and seeing how Arsenal fan TV react. That, <laughs> yeah. That's going to be good. Do you think he's a decent manager? Yeah, I mean, he's got a good record. That PSG was tricky. I mean, he won all the domestic stuff. He won the tre- he won the treble with Paris Saint Germain. Yeah, Matty, do you think Conte will be around next season? Because it's been a couple of weeks since the. FA Cup final, and he still hasn't left. What do you think? This is, well, this one's quite funny. I, I I think he's not going to go until he gets sacked, because why would any Chelsea manager leave there voluntarily? 
when the payout you can get. I mean, he's he's clearly hanging around for the payout, but I mean, Roman Abramovich can't even get in the country at the moment. So, um, yeah, Abramovich can't even get in the country at the moment. So, I don't know. I mean, the link with that the Napoli manager who just left Sarri, but apparently he's he's got bad discipline records. That's putting them off speaking to him. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. It'd be hilarious if he stayed, just because the fact. You know he doesn't want to be there. Chelsea probably want to get rid of him. They want him to walk. They don't want to pay him. Yeah. The players, people were saying the players don't even want to play for him. I mean, he won the FA Cup, so... Well, William on his Instagram <laughs> thing covered him up with trophies. Yeah, I mean, how a manager can that's stay brilliant. when the players are like that. I mean, William, who actually last season was superb, amazingly enough, has been kind of frozen out of the team this season. And, and the rumours so far are that Hazard's not going to sign a new contract. Um, they want to get rid of Courtois as their goalkeeper. And not only that, but their owner can't get into the country and he's cancelled plans for a new stadium. Uh, <laughs> so Chelsea have got a lot of things to sort out this summer. Yeah, I think they've got problems. I think, I think they've got quite a lot of issues to deal with. I mean, I remember when, I remember when Abramovich first took over and their, their football guy, their, their, the CEO... Um, came out and said that he wanted Chelsea to be self-sufficient within five years. It's now it's now been more than five years, and obviously they don't really spend money now in the same way that they used to. Um, but it would be amazing that if Abramovich did actually pull out of Chelsea completely this summer, would they be able to survive? I, th- I think they'd be in serious trouble. Definitely, hundred uh, percent. But the, the the thing is, they've they, they've um, they've got a really good youth academy. They've got so many good young players. Um, it'd be good to see them actually use them next season. Yeah, but hardly ever, hardly any ever break into the first team. You know, we've seen it over and over again. We've we've seen it with Lukaku. Uh, we've seen it with Ryan Bertrand. Uh, we've seen players who've actually gone on. They've become international players. They've become quality Premier League players. Um, yeah. I mean, and the the most recent one is Bashwai. They they have him. They they, they don't really play him. Uh, he, he goes off to Germany. He, he scores a dozen goals in the last few games of the season, um, and now all of a sudden he's high property again. The, the, I think yeah. they really struggled to to bring these young players through into the first team. Um, I don't really know why, um, but it's some it's something that if, if Abramovich does leave and he stops spending all the money, um, then they'll have no choice but to get these youngsters and actually start playing them for once. Um, very yeah, interesting. The last point on the Premier League. We'll move on to. Um, who do you think will win it next season? That, it's the easiest question we're ever going to be asked on this podcast, Matty. Uh, yeah. I mean, going on from this season, Manchester City, I think, are obviously huge favourites. Jack, you agree? Do you think they will be challenged anymore? Like, will it be as easy for them? Easier or harder? Mm. You like to you like to think you like to think that Manchester United. Um, Chelsea, Tottenham, Liverpool, and Arsenal. You think they'll all improve? So I, I doubt there will be a 19-point gap um, next season. But I think they're huge favourites, and I think they'll probably win it relatively comfortable. Um, what do you think, Jack? Yeah, I think I agree. They'll would they'll win it? Um, I hope it is closer this season. I mean, it was pretty boring this season. The yeah. fact that they just ran away with it. It was like. Inevitable. I mean, obviously, fourth place was a bit more of a competition, but yeah, yeah. Next season, everyone 
will be improved, but will I just don't think they can improve that much. Cool. Let's see how it goes. Um, all agreed. Uh, brilliant. Okay. Uh, last topic for today's uh, podcast is the World Cup. Every four years, we are prepared to essentially build up England. Uh, and every four years, they inevitably disappoint us. Um, but this season, Matty, who are going to win the World Cup? Well, as ever, I'm massively hyped for it. And, <laughs> you know, the cycle is almost at peak peak um, expectancy and I'd like to think we can get to um, the quarters this year and I think one, I think once we get there I think it's all down to luck to have you honest. seen the the possible fixtures yeah. if we get there it's like we have to go through Germany Brazil um, can't remember the others if we get out of the group yeah I think I think if the round of 16 depending on where we finish it, it's looking like it could be Poland or Colombia yeah that's it um, yeah, that's not too bad. I'd, I'd rather face Colombia than Poland. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's the round afterwards. It's either Germany or Brazil. I think, depending yeah. obviously depending on how they do. Gu- guaranteed to get Germany if we get that far. You think we'll win the group with Belgium, obviously in it? Um, no, nah, I don't think we'll win the group. But it be. I think the first game against Tunisia is. I think a massive one. Obviously, the old cliche, cliche later, you know, we need to start well. I can't remember the last time we actually started well in a tournament. I think the um, last time we started well was against Tunisia when we beat them 2-0 or something. 98. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think what's 100% guaranteed is that the game against Tunisia and a game against Panama are going to be absolutely horrendous. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Remember when we played Algeria, I see the same happening against Panama. It's just going to be like a dead game. I think the thing is, though, it's expected. What else would you expect? Because they're going to put 10 men behind the ball. You know, this this happens in all the World Cup games. The group stage games are quite boring, I find, sometimes. Especially when you have teams are just they're not even going to go out and try and attack and the only problem is we're crap at breaking down teams so I mean it's, it's going to be interesting watching like eight Tottenham players um, play when it's Belgium versus England we're definitely not going to win anything then, are we definitely not <laughs> well it depends which Spurs players come out on top the Belgian ones or the England ones what do we think of the the team he's taken I think it's a I think it's a good squad. I think um, he's been bold, choosing a lot of young players um, and leaving out certain players. Who, as a as a United fan, what do you think of him leaving out Smalling? I get why he's left him out. If if that's his reasons for that, like, he can't pass a ball. It's fair enough, um, but it seems quite harsh because you know, in my eyes, I want a defender to be able to defend first and foremost. If he can pass the ball, it's a bonus. But he's a good. He's been really. He's been playing week and week. I've been decent for us. He's made quite a number of errors at times. But then I would say Jones has as well. So to pick to to put Jones in and leave Smaller out, I mean, it's a bit harsh for Smaller to be honest. Um, Matty, just just to pick you up on that thing you said about I want defenders to defend and yeah. and passing as a bonus. It's two thousand eighteen yeah. now. Football demands that top defenders can pass the ball out. Yeah, but if, if, if all you can do is defend, if all you can do is defend, you shouldn't be at a top ten team. 
I rate Stones. I think Stones is a good player. But you look at Stones. Stones is better at passing the ball than he's defending. But he's a defender. If you can't defend against... A, if you've got a big number nine playing up against you, he's going to bully you and bully you and bully you. I mean, what? yeah, great, you can pass the ball, but the ball's in the air half the time coming to you. You need to be able to defend first. Yeah, I mean, uh, anyway, in this day and age, top defenders have to do both. You're right there. I mean, you can't just be a passer or just be a defender. Um, but again, to be a top defender, you, you have to do both these days. And and being very poor at one of them or just not very good at one of them will stop you going to to top teams and it will stop you um, being picked for World Cup squads, as, as has been the case in this time. Um, so it's great. We've talked about the World Cup for 10 minutes and no one's answered my question, which was, who do we think is going to win the tournament this year? Uh, Jack, what do you think? Uh, I'll probably go Germany. Uh, again, they always go in, I think, as favourites. It's them or yeah. France, actually. Can't overlook. France. I mean, France's squad is ridiculous this season. Yeah. So many top players. Uh, Matty, what do you think? I think um, Spain or Germany. I think Spain have got a good chance. Um, they seem to have revived themselves a little bit. Got some new, got some younger players in there. Um, I saw them against Italy and they just absolutely tore them apart. Um, Germany, obviously, you know, they're going to be up there. But France, I would say about France... France got a good team, but as they've always been, if they always fall out when it comes to tournaments, if they can actually get on as a team and perform, then yeah, they could go far. Brazil as well, I think that's you know they they could potentially go quite far, but I would say Spain favourites for me. Yeah, I think, I think I think I agree. I think Spain have you know after the last year or two of disappointment um, and the old guard being phased out, this this yeah. year is this this World Cup is Iniesta's last World Cup. Um, and Lopetegui, the manager, I think has done a superb job um, to blood in a whole bunch of new players. Um, and there's, there's a great mixture in Spain, actually. There's that mixture of uh, Pique and Sergio Ramos, um, who are still there. Um, and they've got some they've got some very exciting youngsters, like like Koke as well. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned um, Belgium. Bear in mind, their squad is just literally littered with, apparently, stars and very good players, but... It's whether I mean their their only problem is the manager they've got. Wasn't there a lot more hype around Belgium two years ago in the Euros? I mean this year, oh, yeah. Yeah. you look yeah, at their best players. You look at Lukaku was probably better last season. Um, Hazard was definitely better last season. Um, Vertonghen, so not Vertonghen. Alderweireld has hardly played for Spurs this season. Uh, so I think that two years ago they all came in on form. This year. They've probably been spoken about a bit less, but maybe it helps them. Who knows? A bit less pressure, maybe. Do you think um, Messi will get close to winning that trophy so desires? I'd love him to. I don't know. Not not, not at the cost of Spain or England. Um, but if it's not Spain or England, then Argentina. Yes, please. He's playing with such average players. Yes. I, mean, I was looking at this, this squad, actually. The front, the front, the attacking players, yeah. midfield forward, brilliant. World-class players all over the place. Defenders, I mean, I'm really struggling to name them for starters, but I think that Romeo is actually still their goalkeeper, the Manchester United backup. He's and he's injured he's as well. Injured. Amazing. So yeah. they've got, they've, I don't know who their goalkeeper is. Uh, but defensively, I think they're still relying on people like Mascherano to kind of really dig in and help out, who's been in China for a while. Who do you think the dark horse is going to be? Because there's always, there's always a team that throws up like a, a fan favourite. like um... Oh, like South Korea or... Yeah, like like Iceland in the Euros, everyone that was everyone's favorite team. Yeah, I actually, I actually don't think South Korea is a 
bad choice. I mean, I can only name one of their players in Son of Tottenham. But he's playing so well. If, if, if a team ever needed a leader to kind of like drag them forward out of the group stage and into the knockout stages, he could be, he could be the one. Um, I can't think of anyone else apart from that. Matty, you got any dark horses? Um, I would. I was looking the other day, and I've heard. I was listening on radio about Uruguay. Um, there were people talking about the big and all. They've apparently stripped out the old midfield. They've got a lot of younger players from the under twenty World Cup. Um, but that might, might, that was one of them. The other one was in Senegal. I think um, they've got a, they've got a pretty decent squad. Senegal. Um, the likes of Mane. Um, Niang from AC Milan. They've got Keita Balde from Monaco. So they've got they've got it's a young squad, but I think they've got um, a lot of exciting players. So that they'll be my tip to um, surprise people. I think I want to see how far Egypt can get. I mean, their their group's not the hardest group. Um, yeah. So they'll probably get out of that. Uh, yeah. I want to see how if Salah can uh, play with that team as well. Yeah, I think I think the last I heard is that he'd be available. Um, second game or something, he can get that. Second game, definitely worth taking then. Um, has everyone gone out and bought their Nigeria kit this weekend? It was sold out. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've never seen a football kit be talked about more than this kit. Uh, actually, no, that's not true. The last kit that everyone was talking about, I don't know if you both remember this, was the the all in one Cameroon kit. Oh, yeah. the, the, the yes. skin, it, it looked like an it looked like an uh, like a sprinter's outfit in, in yeah. athletics, um, and I think I'm right in saying it got banned. Uh, they they had to go back to tops and bottoms. Uh, but since then, this this Nigerian kit has really hit the headlines. Uh, cool. Uh, okay, everyone, thank you very much for joining us. Actually, Matty, do you have a special feature you wanted to bring up? I do. I do. If you, if if you're still up for it, I'm willing to try this out. If it's rubbish, we'll cut it out. Go for it. Right. Well, let me explain the rules. So it's called Who Am I? It's Let me guess. It's been used in a lot of podcasts I've listened to, but this one is um, kind of different. Normally, you would name the club they played for the year and their appearances. But I'm going to give you some little clues rather than about the player themselves. Before we start, I know it's yeah. supposed to be me versus Daniel, but I'm thinking what you should do is say all the clues and then people on SoundCloud or something can leave comments to guess who it is. All right. And the next cool. one will reveal who it is. Actually, yeah, good. So, Matty, have you actually got two, Matty? I've got three. Three players? Yeah. Okay, let's do one now for Jack and Noah and then the second one, let's do it and leave it open to the listeners. Sounds good? All right. I'll um, start with um, the first one I did then. So... I have scored 12 goals this season. So, good start. Any guesses? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. These are, all, these are all Premier League based from this season. Pogba. Nope. Right, next clue. I was arrested over 1.1 million tax fraud. Arrested? Yes. I told you I'd be awful at this. Uh... This was BBC who did this, so don't quote, you know, I don't want to get in trouble for this. I read this off the BBC. Can't think. <laughs> I literally can't guess. Nothing. Next, next clue. I was touted for the England squad for the World Cup. 12 million. 12 yeah, goals, arrested over tax fraud. Touted for the England squad. Who just missed out? Zaha? 
No, he's he's um from Ivory Coast. I know. <laughs> but, oh yeah. <laughs> That doesn't. What does that mean? He's. It means he's not. He's not in England. He's not in England squad. But are you sure people spoke about him? Yes, he was. Oh, um, Glenn Murray. Yes. Boom. Who is that? Who does he play for? (laughs) I've got no idea. (laughs) He plays for Brighton. That's where you need to add a little jingle there for um, Daniel getting that right. Okay, Matty, do you want to do a last one with a couple of clues for the listeners? Yeah. All right. So we just just you want me to do one? Yeah. Just do one and give them three clues. All right, cool. All right, I made 49 appearances this season in the league. My goal ratio was 0.69. My accuracy was 44%. <laughs> These clues. According to the Premier League, I missed the most big chances in the league. I assisted 11 times and I won player of the month three times in November, February and March. So, answers answers in the comment section, and we'll reveal next time round. I think the cl- the clue started off being rubbish, and then you literally gave it away with a pair of marketing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, so where to for anyone listening? If it's on Apple Podcasts, obviously there's no comment section. The comment section will be on the SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Will, will we put the link underneath, Jack? Can we do that? Yeah. Yeah, we'll put it in the description or whatever. Yeah. Can also tweet us where we'll. The answers, and we'll put that in the. Um... What's the handle? Oh, <laughs> we'll put it in the. We'll put it in the. We'll put it in the description. Surely it's the name of the podcast. No, it's something weird because Matty couldn't put... get the right handle. Yeah, we ran out of handles for it. It's like warm bench pod or something. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's warm bench pod. <laughs> oh my god, but it backwards as well. Not even bench warm. Okay, uh, on that note. Uh, Boys and girls, thank you very much for listening to our very first podcast. Uh, we'll see how it turns out. And I cannot wait uh, for this to go viral. It's going to be amazing. Uh, Matty, thanks a lot for joining us today. No worries. Uh, Jack, thanks a lot for joining us from your studio. See you next time. All right, guys. Uh, everyone have a lovely weekend. Uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>